Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Come on. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. That's the scary thing. I, I'm not too sure where, where I'll, I'll be living next year. <laughs> yeah. At about this time, because all, all the teams that I've talked to, they've they've all been really, really good. So it, it's tough to tell. Miami, there. Tua Tagovailoa, not sure where he's gonna go. Projections all have him going to Miami. You buying a PK Miami, or you think it's really up in the air? I would say it's up in the air to an extent because I think just about every draft, all it takes is one, oh, I didn't see that coming, wherever that might be, you know, Mitchell Trubisky or whatever, whoever it is, whenever it is, if it's early, the earlier, the more chaotic, the more unpredictable, the more those mock drafts are thrown out completely. Now, if things stay to form, well, then it's more likely. But who knows what somebody's thinking, particularly this year when you're not having pro day, you're not having your doctors check them out, you're not necessarily being inter- able to interview them face-to-face. Maybe, though, with a f- more free time, it's allowing you to do more research. But, you know, particularly at the quarterback position, it's a position where it doesn't transfer all the time successfully from high school to college and certainly from college to NFL. So you throw that all in there, and, you know, I like what you're saying, but who really knows? Yeah, I think the who really knows thing is if someone who wants a quarterback is willing to trade up, that's where I think it could get crazy. You know, there may be somebody who really likes him and we don't know it now and they've kept it quiet. And maybe they try to trade into that spot with Miami. Maybe they try to trade in in front of Miami. That, to me, would be the wild card and why if I were him, I would think I could end up anywhere. I think if the draft is status quo, then he's a Dolphin. And if the Dolphins do pass because they are uncomfortable with the health stuff, then I think the Chargers take him with the very next pick. So Dolphins one, Chargers two. The chaotic element to me would be trade possibility. That, that, could, uh, that could send him anywhere. And it's the reason he shouldn't be buying real estate in Miami yet anyway. Uh, the other NFL news, this doesn't seem like a big deal to me. I know sometimes teams say something, but I think this time I'm taking it face value. The blockbuster deal, the Texans, the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona, David Johnson going to Texas, uh, yeah, going to Texas, and, and some draft picks involved as well. Uh, Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury, there's not concern. Uh, the, the deal isn't official. Uh, but we'll get it done. Obviously, the medical field and personnel have much bigger fish to fry at this point, so it's been slower than it normally would be. But I have no doubt it's going to be done before the draft. I'm taking him face value there. I think it's. I think he's probably spot on. You want to doubt him or no? I don't know, especially with O'Brien's comments. They were somewhat inflammatory towards DeAndre Hopkins. So it seems like, uh, to an extent, in the immediate future, that bridge has burned a little bit there. So, yes, I'm expecting that trade to go down. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are redoing their uniforms. NBA only lets you do that every five years. Tom Brady's under center. They're going to be wearing the uniforms from their Super Bowl era. When I heard they were going to their old uniforms, I thought, wow, creamsicle for Tom Brady? Yes. Yeah, bring it on. (laughs) No. Well, you said the NBA was going to allow it. So, I mean, the NBA has a lot of influence. But I think the NFL will take care of it. The NFL, yes. DJ PK. Hashtag college football. Potentially, I could see it starting that way. You know, maybe you say 
we're going to play a game or two that way. I don't think you can conduct a season that way. I think spectators are too central to the experience. Uh, I don't think it would be fair to our students. You know, and I, I, I'm, I don't like the idea of our our game day stadia just being television studios. Uh, and they, they need to be alive with people in attendance. That's Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick. Not a fan of playing games without fans in the stands, although he did say maybe for a game or two. Uh, I think the thing here is Dr. Fauci said yesterday that he thinks schools will probably, probably be able to open in the fall. If schools open in the fall, then where's the debate? You'd have fans in the stands. If you get fans on campus, and away you go. I'm going to have a drink every time you quote this Dr. Fauci as if he's got himself. <laughs> he's not got himself, but he seems to have a lot of say. Got a lot of pull. He's got a lot of pull. <laughs> Oklahoma State coach Mike Gundy said Tuesday that his goal is to return to the football building on May 1st because he hopes the test for COVID-19 will be available in a few weeks to clear both employees and players. A proposed timetable of the university and the athletic director quickly disputed. AD Mike Holder declined to back Gendy's timeline, saying in a statement, May 1 seems a little ambitious. Well, so what? He's a football coach. He wants to coach football. He's a man. He's approaching 50. And so he wants to get out there. And I think that if you uphold every football coach, they that's exactly what they would want to do. What do we expect these guys to say? This is all they know. They're not medical people. They're not Dr. Fucci. And so what do you expect them to say? They want to be out on the football field. They want to be in the football facility. It's not like they have any power or anything. They have no influence. So... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna one by one now. If the football coaches say this, we're gonna slam them individually because this is what they want. Yeah, and the lawyer and the banker and the cop. One thing's for certain: they want this coronavirus pandemic isolation to stop. But they all want it. So, yeah, I get it. But we gotta go back to Dr. Fucci. Fauci, don't don't mangle the name <laughs> of a dude, an Italian guy from Brooklyn. He's your people. Come on. I was going to I mean, Brooklyn ain't Jersey, but come on. I'm going to say, guy from the Northeast who's got an Italian background, PK. I'm not, I'm not mangling anything. It's just, Dr. Fucci. Yeah, you're mangling. Nah, I mean, I, I, if I go Dr. Fauci, I'd be saying Dr. Dan Fauci, and that would just make it all crazy. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. I think by any means necessary, we're going to try to, you know, salvage the season. And right now we're fighting, you know, Michelle and most of the guys think, you know, that we're for sure going to have a season. It's just going to start, you know, later than we expected. And, um, you know, just trying to get the next season uh, to be able to be pushed back is not going to be as easy as people think it's going to be. So all the things that you hear in the news and seeing and reading, don't believe it that the NBA season's canceled. That's not true. Danny Green, holding out hope, expecting to restart the NBA season at some point. Should we put him right next yes. to football coaches? The basketball players want to play basketball. Football coaches want to coach football. This is uh, dog bites man stuff. Well, of course they do. And I'm not going to sit here every day and just be negative. I really don't think our listeners want to hear all this doom and gloom about, oh, my gosh, Dr. Fauci said this yesterday. He said that yesterday. I mean, they can see that for themselves if they're interested. So, yeah, why not remain optimistic until the plug is pulled or the cord is snapped or the arm is twisted? Whatever you want, whatever metaphor, because I speak in similes and metaphors, all the great ones do. 
and go ahead and have an idea that they'll return at some point because I think that's what they're trying to do. It's like a chef. It is. Arizona freshman guard Nico Mannion stunned DJ and PK by declaring for the 2020 draft. He was second team All-Pac-12, and he is the son of former Ute and Jazz player Pace Mannion. Nico going to the draft. I didn't see it, PK. Did you? Well, actually, I see it more than ever, you know, and I realize you're just making fun because this is what the plan was. I mean, Pace told us that, or at least I know he told me that uh, when the kid uh, decided to skip his senior year. Now, they held him back or Up something. Of high school, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that was the plan all along. But I think it's the plan now more than ever because, I mean, we uh, – I. I don't really know. I don't know the kid at all, but I know Pace. I hope that the Jazz draft him, not because I want to see him play for the Jazz, because Pace said he was going to move to wherever the kid was uh, living, and so I would like to see Pace back in our community. I miss seeing him on a regular basis. I miss talking to him. He taught me a lot about basketball. So for a selfish reason, I don't care about the, where the kid goes, but I would like to see Pace back in our community. But I think that, it, it, particularly I was thinking about this yesterday, about what to say on it and try to give a basketball angle on it rather than the friendship that in today's world the jock vaughns of the world are not going to be a first round draft pick and what i mean by that we know that jock vaughn couldn't shoot very well right that wasn't his forte well the way the game is gone now you need guys at the point who can be able to shoot and nico he didn't shoot uh, either 40 percent from the three or from the field so my thought is that if he went back and played another year in that flat, dull offense of Sean Miller and doesn't get in a groove, he could potentially drop out of the first round. So he has to go now. Now you could say, well, man, suppose he has a big-time season next year. Sure, that could happen, but I don't trust the offense that Sean Miller runs to suit Nico's talents better. So I would like to see him get into the NBA and find out where he stands because I don't really think literally – and uh, to this extent of duration in the NBA, could he afford to stay at Arizona anymore? Because I don't think it was going to get any better than it was this year. It's just not the way it, it works. I mean, Sean Miller doesn't really produce a lot of big-time talent. He recruits four- and five-star guys left and right, but it's not like they're just, wow, look at these guys, and they're just high picks. Now, he had DeAndre Ayton as the first-round pick, or first pick of the draft uh, two years ago, but that doesn't look like it was the right move, right? I mean, you redo that draft, there's no way he's going that high. I mean, he's an okay player, but will he ever live up to the number one status? But as far as Nico, there's no question he made the right decision. Nico shot 39% from the floor, 33 from three, and I really think his game's cut out uh, to be running the pick and roll. Stuff I saw in high school when he was really good, that's what he was doing, and it was more uh, UCLA high post, bring the ball up the court, throw it to a guy on the wing, and then wait to get the ball back, which I, I didn't think really played to his strengths. So I'm with you. Go right now. They'll draft you on potential. If you have another uh, year where you're dribbling up, throwing the ball to the wing, and then waiting to see if maybe you get it back, yeah, that, that would hurt your draft stock big time. So not at all surprised he's going. Uh, the other news, Ke- uh, Kevin Garnett said he is not entertaining the idea of the Timberwolves retiring his number 21, saying he hasn't forgiven the team owner, Glenn Taylor, after an acrimonious split in 2016. 
Glenn knows where I'm at. I'm not entertaining it. First of all, it's not genuine. Two, he's getting pressure from a lot of fans and I guess the community there. Well, I think it's healthy to hold grudges as long as you possibly can. No, you don't. You know, I came from a line of great grudge holders. And I, I think that in this situation, we should go to Dr. Fauci to see what he says. And because he's going to tell you, don't hold, hold grudges, grudges that long. No, it's not worth it. In an effort to shield lower-income employees from being asked to take pay cuts, the Lakers reportedly asked team executives to voluntarily defer 20% of their salaries due to the economic uncertainty with regards to the season being suspended and COVID-19 pandemic. Probably going to see more of these stories, I would think, PK. Yeah, I'm never going to say this group of people should sacrifice their money for that group of people because it's easy to say when it's not your money. So, yeah, they should. They're making millions or whatever. So give up your money for the sake of uh, somebody else. You know, if they want to do that, that sounds good, and that's a great principle to help out your fellow man in these situations. It's not my place to tell someone to give up their money. Uh, At the same time, I would love to see it. So everybody, uh, not everyone, has to suffer. The more folk we can help uh, at the lower end, the better off we'll all be, I would think. But that's up to them if they agree with that or not. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. I know that all the people at MLB is trying to figure out a way, and it's a huge challenge, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed that somehow, some way, we get baseball back, and it can play a role in uh, getting back to some level of normalcy, some level of distraction, some level of entertainment that uh, we all need. That's Cal Ripken Jr. right there. The, uh, the, uh, he's got the streak. They had him on TV to talk about the streak because, well, you got to talk to somebody about something. Why not? Throw all the video of him running around the field, uh, high-fiving everybody. It was a cool moment. Uh, me, me, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I was uh, working the slot that night at the Watchdog, and the slot is in charge of laying out the paper. And I wrote the headline, Ripken's streak dash so long. I thought it was freaking clever, but uh, who knows? Uh, I, I Probably somebody got credit for it, uh, who knows, back in those days. But the thing that I've seen on this is that uh, one of my friends that I actually went to high school with who works for The Athletic and used to work at the Arizona Republic saying, come on, there's no way players are going to be isolated from their families from four, for, for four and a half months. That's unrealistic. I thought to myself, well, thank goodness the military doesn't think that way. Because these people are isolated from their families months at a time repeatedly. And we can't ask these guys to play a game for four and a half months in which, you know, they maybe not be living in the same house as their family. Now, it's easy for me to say because I don't have to do it. I get it. Uh, And it wouldn't be uh, during that time, half the time, you wouldn't be around your family anyway. Because road trips, you know, road you're, trips. you're playing yeah. right, yeah. and especially in baseball, you know they can last uh, three, four series, uh, whatever it might be. So I thought that was somewhat disrespectful to the military who has to do that all the time. But nevertheless, that's the that's one of the issues. I don't know if they could pull it off. I think from the fan standpoint, they'd be able to have some live sports on television would be great. But that's a selfish point of view on my behalf. Yeah, and I read the I read some of the arguments uh, 
that said, hey, this really, it, it's not going to work. One thing was that the owners uh, went to the uh, Players Association and said, you know, the players are going to get uh, only a percentage of their salary. 40 was the number that was thrown out there. I don't know if that's what would really stick. Because putting everybody in Arizona would give you product to put on TV, and you would get paid a lot for that. But a lot of the games uh, are televised locally, not nationally. And, you know, playing in Arizona, as you could well attest, in the heat of the day in July, so they can be in prime time in the East, a lot of the TV rights wouldn't be worth as much uh, to those Eastern clubs because if you play at night to avoid the heat, you know, you're, you're going to end up playing at 2 in the morning on the East Coast, and that's just not going to draw that big an audience. So there was that. You're, they're going to lose all the ticket revenue money. They're going to lose sponsorship money because they won't be playing in the stadiums with all the signage. I mean, they were going down a whole list of things that they were going to lose. The concession uh, money, they would lose a lot of money because they wouldn't sell as many hats and jerseys. Like, you know, when you go to games, you often buy a hat at a ballpark when you go somewhere. They'd lose that. So the players were only going to be getting maybe 40% of their salary and spending four and a half months apart. And then there's the whole medical element about making it safe. MLB came out and said, uh, the statement says, MLB's been actively considering numerous contingency plans that would allow play to commence once the public health situation has improved to the point that it's safe to do so. While we've discussed the idea of staging games at one location as one potential option, we've not settled on that option or developed a detailed plan. So baseball, uh, walking back our hopes a little bit. (laughs) Again, I'm going to keep the hope alive, man. I'm I'm not going to walk back hope. You're going to have to go someplace else. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up. Dane Brugler, NFL draft writer for The Athletic, is going to join us at 8.30. Matt Bushman, BYU tight end, a senior now, going to be here at 9 o'clock. We will uh, talk football with him. Also today, 18th anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday to the DJ and PK show. How about that? Yeah, we got a question up on Facebook. What do you attribute the show's awesomeness and longevity to? (laughs) One subjective, one objective. Good work, PK. (laughs) Uh, That's already drawn about 25 comments on our Facebook page. (laughs) We'll get to that coming up. DJ PK, when we come back, your reaction. We'll put it out on Twitter, David DJ James. Hit us up on Facebook. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.